All right, last time you guys started off entering into the castle called, anybody remember? Harfang. Harfang, Castle Harfang. And that was with all the giants, all right? It's the second set of giants. The first one. Did I say something bad? Why did you say something bad? Because Audrey and Anna and Talia are like, Looking at me when I was downloading. I don't know. I don't think so. I did something wrong. It was the rock giants for the first set. It was a rock giant. Nothing wrong. I just move on. Right. Like the foolish giants. The friendly giants. There were rock giants that were not necessarily friendly, but they really didn't know that you were there unless if you got called out. They were just trying to play a game. Sort of, except if you got caught in the game. You would get crushed. Okay? Well, they didn't die, and they got caught in the game. Well, they didn't really get caught in the game, because if you got caught, you'd be crushed and caught. They got slipped through the game. All right, so the Castle Harfang is the second set of giants that was... Giants that weren't so gentle. They were gentle giants, okay? They seemed, they seemed like gentle giants, and yet... They really wanted to eat them, right? Who sent them? Um, the and the Black Knight. Lady of the Green. Curdle. And the Black Knight. Okay. But they weren't sure if he was good or not. Right. Or if he was even a person. Yeah. Alright, so they went off to the giants, and the giants were going to eat them. But why did they go to the giants? Because they wanted a bed. They, wanted they were persuaded. Warm. They wanted food warm. They were too preoccupied with that thought to think about their quest. Yeah. Food, bed, warmth, and this was, that's good, preoccupied. In fact, they got to the point where when, when, the Marshwiggle said, we're not, why don't we stop and wait? They yelled at him, right? Said, like that, those words, okay? We're going to the Castle Harfang, okay? Preoccupied with the bed, the warmth, the food. So what does that mean? Huh? Okay, they're ignoring the quest, yes, and that's true, but what does the Castle Harfang stand for? Distractions. Distractions. What preoccupies us to make us ignore the, the quest when we are... Okay, like lust, like cup, like temptation, right? That's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. So, temptations, lust, saying I've got to have it now, right? I cannot wait for what I've got. I've got to have it now. And every one of us struggles with those things. Much of it is about timing in our lives. Okay, 
Much of it is about timing. You will find this is no different. And when you get older, sometimes you have to wait for things and you don't want to. And you'll wait for all kinds of different things in your life. And sometimes God will just say, you need to wait on that. And we don't want to hear it. And so we go about it another way. And when we go about it another way, we're off the track. And just like that, I want what I want. I want my bed, I want my warmth, I want my food, I want my comfort, okay? And I want it now. And I don't care about this quest. I want what this lady offered, this lady of the green kernel. She said they'll treat us well, they'll bring us to the autumn feast. Little do they know, the autumn feast will be their demise if they were to stick around. So the temptation is the very same thing. In our, in our lives, temptation is that same thing where if we give in to temptation and we stay long enough and we don't go back and say, God, forgive me, please change me, work to change, let him be inside of you and let him change you, let the spirit change you, get back to realization. If, if you just are staying up in the room because it's warm and cozy, what's going to happen? The giants are going to eat you, right? If they stay in their beds and they just keep eating, now they're given some signs along the way to say, hey, you're not doing the right thing, right? Each little thing, they get a little bit more and a little bit more, and a couple of them are when they see themselves in the book, right? They're gonna, there's a, there is a recipe for man and a recipe for marsh wiggles, right? So Puddle Glum, they now realize they're on the menu. And at this point, they feel trapped. Now, why is it a giant? That's another little thing to ask about. Why are they giants? Oh, because um, it talks about like how your like troubles and stuff. They can be like giants, and you have to defeat them. Right? Yeah. So it's it's difficult. They are big. They are huge. Your troubles can be huge. And they seem so big to you that you can't possibly defeat them. And don't you think that's exactly what Satan wants you to feel? I can't overcome that. I can't learn that. I can't change that. I can't do anything different about that. I'm just going to give up. Because if you give up, then you'll never accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. Do they still belong to Aslan? Mm -hmm. Yep. He gives them a couple warnings. The other warning is they realize they're eating venison. It was a talking venison. All right. And why is that bad? It's a Narnian creature. In other words, they have really been betraying Narnia while enjoying their the nice tastes. Okay, and that tends to be the way that temptation goes. Eventually, it gets you to a place where you're hurting others. 
by enjoying the taste. Okay? Even if it's something that you don't let out and don't talk to people about, you hurt others eventually. Now, if it's anger that's a temptation to you just to be angry or to be right all the time or whatever, those may be more visible that people can see it. But there are many temptations we hold inside of us and we struggle with them greatly. But we don't talk to normal people about them for sure, if anybody at all. Those temptations will get you if you do not fight to get out. Fight and fight. And if it takes a long time to keep fighting, they don't give up. Once they realized they had to get out, they had to battle to get out. Okay? And eventually, they had to run. And sometimes that is the only way is to flee temptations. Okay? You just run. Get out. Don't be there for those things. All right? So, after they run, they realized mid-place that they missed the sign, right? They literally fell into the sign itself and missed the point. And it was the words, under me. Under me. And they fell in the E or something, right? And when they fell in the E, they got out, and it was just so annoying that they had to fall in there. Oh, and on they went, because all they could think about was that. And that oftentimes happens with us if we are not putting God's Word into us regularly. If we don't make a regular diet of it, it becomes kind of an annoying thing. And I eh, can't do that. I don't have time for that. And so that's one of the first things that goes in our day. So if we find out, and we have to do it, all right, we make sure we're doing it. All right, so they fall down as they're running out towards into that city of the ruined giants. They have no idea where they're going, except that they're just going to under me. They don't know how they're going to get there, and they get into this little crevice, and boom, down they go, and they fall, and they fall, and they crumble, and boom, 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 down, 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 down. And they felt like they fell a whole mile, it says, because it just kept falling, falling, and stuff fell on top of them. But they were okay. These are steps. And this is what's important to learn. One of the important things, there are steps that we have that bring us to faith. Growth in our faith. Growth in our faith is important. Each little step along the way, we get somewhere, we don't know how we're going to get there, and yet we seem to fumble along and sort of end up where we need to go if we're trying to follow God. And as we fumble along, in our minds, we're like, oh, no, I don't know where we're going. And in God's mind, He knows exactly we're headed for. Alright? It is that learning process in which our faith begins to trust that, hey, the last time I felt like this, where I didn't know what God wanted me to do, I end up falling right into the right place. He took me right to the right place. 
and I really didn't have to exactly navigate to it. The circumstances around me brought me there once I was willing to start the journey. All right? And so that faith, that growth in faith, is really important. It will happen, and it is part of the way that you learn how to overcome your temptations. So how do they overcome it? Well, they start to repeat the signs and remember the signs and say, God promised me this, God promised me that. Or Aslan said this, Aslan said that. And so we start to say those things and work in our hearts to learn Scripture. It's important to memorize some Scripture. Why do you think it's important to memorize it? I don't mean you have to know the whole book of Romans or whatever, but pick out some key verses. Why do you think it's important? You, you remember what's good and what's bad, okay. So you can use them in your life? You can use them in your life. How many of you bring your Bible to school every day? You do. Okay. <laughs> do you actually go get it off the shelf and read it? <laughs> Sometimes, okay. They're in your mind, right? And what you have worked to put in your mind, the Holy Spirit will draw out. At times when you think, oh, I don't even remember that verse. There are verses that I memorized when I was six years old that I still remember. From family devotions, and we didn't always do them, and we had seasons where we did them for a while and memorized some verses. And, but when we did them, and when we spent time and we went around and did verses and things, when we did that and spent the time to do it, instill in my mind, I can call up some things. Not always the reference, but when I hear something, it'll click in my mind when I'm studying for something. It'll click in my mind. I'm like, oh, yeah, that verse makes a lot of sense in this case. And I'll go and dig a little further and dig a little further. You can't have it come to mind if you never put it there in the first place. And so that's a part of growth, a part of faith. It is how you wash your mind clean. All right? The Bible talks about washing of yourself, essentially, with the water of the word. In other words, taking verses, putting them into your mind, and keep on reading and learning and, and memorizing at times as well, those things will actually take some of the bad things out. Because there's plenty of bad things out there. And the more that you're free to be in the world, the more you'll find there are bad things. All right? So learning how to battle it is important. And that happens one little step at a time. Even amidst your, right in the midst of your temptations, 
even when you failed and went to those temptations, they could have said, it's too late. We missed the last sign and we're done. We're just going to stay for the autumn feast. I guess that's what happens. We'll never get away from these giants. They could have said that. But instead they said, we have got to get out of here. I don't know a way. I don't know how. Even if i got to slip out through the cat door, which is what they end up doing, right? I will find any way out of this I can. If you learn those steps of faith and returning to God as quickly as possible after you have fallen, made a mistake, asked for forgiveness, do it quickly and get back on. Do not spend time wallowing in self-pity. The more time you spend wallowing self-pity, the more wasted time is in your life. God has forgiven you. If you will only ask, if you will just confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is about getting back up and getting back in the game. Right? If you played football, and every time you knock, got knocked down, you said, that's it, I'm done. You would not be a good football player, right? You probably wouldn't play football anymore. Even if you were on a team, you'd be sitting on a bench, right? <laughs> because if you were one knockout gym, and they came and went, the first time and took you to the ground, and you said, I just can't. I obviously can't play this game. The guy who gets back up after he gets knocked down and back up again and back up again and back up again and back up again gets to be a stronger player, knows better how to take a hit when it comes or avoid a hit, right? And is smarter at the game every time. It's the same way with this. You're going to get hit. It's going to be sometimes big time hits in your life. And if you learn how to get back up and get close to God again as quickly as you can and stop with the self-pity, yes, you need to be sorry for what you did, but you don't need to continue to be sorry about it for the next 43 years. Okay? Will there be a consequence? Oftentimes. There are some internal consequences that happen. Sometimes there's external consequences that happen. Okay? But if you get back up and keep going, that is the very best thing you can do. All right, so they go in under me because they've gotten back up, and they go and they fall. And they have learned a little bit more to trust God. They get to the bottom of the pit. Oh, we'll never get back. Here they are in a pile. That's the marshal goal. Oh. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Follow them all. All right. So the more you go down the pit, and now they say, well, whatever it is, it's darker than we've ever been before. It's deeper than we've ever been before. And I have no control over it. I want to go back up. And there will be times in your life where you will fall down to a place where you can't go back to where you once were. There's nowhere back. But there is a way forward. And it may not be what you want to do at the moment. None of them wanted to get up and keep going. 
but they began by saying, are you all right? Are you all right? Are you all right? All right? So, let me read a short passage here from the book. When they're at the bottom of the pit, they've just fallen. Who's there? shouted the three travelers. I am the warden of the marches of Underland. And with me stand a hundred earthmen in arms, came the reply. Tell me quickly who you are and what your errand is in the deep realm. We fell down by accident, said Puddleglum, truthfully enough. Many fall down and few return to the sunlit land, said the voice. Make ready now to come with me to the queen of the deep realm. What does she want with us? Asked Scrub cautiously. I do not know, said the voice. Her will is not to be questioned, but obeyed. And so, where we pick up that is here we are. They have fallen into the face of a conflict, all right? They are in the middle of it. They have no way to get out. They can't go back. They are in a conflict. And you will have times where there will be a conflict in your life. It will be a conflict of conscience. It may be a conflict in a relationship. It may be a conflict where you are struggling with obedience. It may be a conflict where you are again tempted or tested. Okay? And in that conflict, in that conflict, you will have to make a choice. One way or another, what you're going to do. You may be brought against your own will somewhere. Alright? We know a little bit of what that has felt like over the last couple of years. Brought against your will to do things you don't want to do. So the conflict comes up. What will you do with it? How will you react? You make a choice. Bitter and angry. Fighting. Pushing. Or will you say, I don't know what God you have for me here, but I'm willing to walk through whatever you have. Just help me be obedient. I want to be right now. I'm, I'm frightened. I'm angry. I'm upset about this. I don't know what's next. I don't want to see these changes that are coming, but I know we can't go back. So, here's the queen. And that guy says, you will do what the queen says. Well, what's she going to tell us to do? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. You will do whatever she says. All right? That is the feeling, and that is the way. Now, don't you think about this. That is the way that Satan works. Demands. He demands obedience. 
and as he goes down through his structure, there are structures, okay, of people that work for him or beings, okay, there are beings that work for him, fallen angels, etc., all the way down, and there are people that work for them. There's a hierarchy of, of evil beings, okay? There are also people in the world who are against Christ. And I would say that those people who have chosen against Christ, though they may not say that they have chosen for Satan, they certainly have chosen for Satan's side. His ways, his tactics, and though they think they are quite independent and quite intelligent that no one could tell them what to do, they have no idea that they are running exactly down the track that Satan has laid out for them. Okay? And they're not going to say, well, I worship Satan. But in worshiping self, you are exactly like Satan in his heart. Because that's exactly what Satan did. And so... When you watch these people and they come and they demand, you will do this. We tell you to do this, so you will do this. Not for your good. Not for your benefit. Not because they love you. But because they like power. Remember, this is totally different than God. God's approach is, I love you first. I reached out to you first. I died for you first. I gave you a pathway to heaven first. And all I ask is that you just come to me. Just listen to me. Just ask for forgiveness from me. And if you won't, I won't force you. I want you to. But his motive is love. Satan's motive is not love. It is self. It's the difference. Right? And so you see the difference of the queen of the underrealm. She demands you will do this. There is no way out. Once you get to my realm, you will do what I say and you will be happy about it. And you will see that once you get to the realm, the deep realm. You begin to see people operating in such a way where they have no apparent mind in how they think. They have no care for someone else. They can only think of themselves. They can only go forth in no or mindless ways. Okay, and so this army that you see that shows up, when you see them in the movie, they're just sort of busy about doing something. What are they even doing? They're moving stuff around. We'll get back to that in a little bit. All right. First Peter 5 8. First Peter 5 8. First Peter 5 8. I would love to, to read it. And then you read verse 9. Natalia, when she gets 5 8 completed. Okay. 
sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he, whom he may devour. All right, so before you get to nine, we'll come to it in just a second, but what are you supposed to be? Be two things. Sober. What does sober mean? You have all your senses. That's a great way to say it, okay? Be sober-minded. You have all your senses. So people who are not sober, okay, there's sober physically and sober mentally and sober spiritually, okay? People who are not sober physically, right, they call drunk, right, who are not sober, in other words, or under the influence of something, right? And they don't have all their senses. They think they do. They feel like they're everywhere. They're great. They could do better than everybody else, but it's not really true. And so that's why they say don't get behind the wheel of a car when you are not sober. Because you think you can make good judgments and see things and have good reaction times, and you can't. Okay? But be sober and be vigilant. What does that mean? Oh, make sure you're watching, like, don't just do whatever, just make sure that you know what you're doing. That's good. So if we have a vigil, right, people have a candlelight vigil, they're up watching, right, constantly up watching when they have a vigil for something. They're staying up and they're not going to sleep. So the idea is this, be sober. So have all your senses about you and be watching. Because why? Who is out there? Satan. Satan is out there. What is he like? Adversary, a growing lion seeking whom he can devour. He's your adversary. He is he's your enemy. He does not like you. And he is about trying to get a way to destroy you. What happens if a lion eats you? You don't live, right? If a lion eats you, you don't live. The whole idea is that he has great power to get into you and tear you to pieces. And you have no way to really resist. Now, you can resist Satan because God has given you power to as a Christian. But be sober, be vigilant, be watching because he is lurking around every corner. Why was the Lady of the Green Kirtle riding with the knight above ground? We'll get back to it. But it ties in with that. Verse number 9, please. Chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. Okay, so with that translation, it's a great translation that says, just make sure that you remain steadfast in your faith, right? And what faith you know, where is it? Growth, right? That fall says, well, 
I don't know what's I know what's behind me. I don't know what's in front of me. I don't know what's ahead of me. But I have to trust God that he can get me that next step. That begins to have faith because God says, I will be with you. I will be with you even into the end of the age, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So he falls into darkness, no light, away from his friends. You need friends at those moments, oftentimes during temptation. And the temptations oftentimes bring you deeper. And there's no way to return. And so the guy says, many have fallen into the deep realm. And few have returned to the sunlit lands. Once you have fallen into that place of temptation, of darkness. It is difficult to get out. It is a battle. It may be a battle for the rest of your life. Alright? To get out and stay out of a dark place. That dark place could be something you could find in a host of things. But it also could be in something that's addictive. Like substances okay because it gets you to a dark place where in your mind you are constantly battling with your worth your value might as well just give up I've destroyed everything I've ruined everything I can go nowhere from here and so I'm just gonna drink again down you go I'm depressed down you go and then you get up again and you say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be in this anymore. But then you slip and fall again. You go back to the habit because it's addictive. You've learned to fill in your pain with something like that. The pain of loneliness or the pain of something else. You fill it in with that. It's the very same thing with things that happen online. People fill in their, their missing feeling, something that God can fill in only. But we learn to give me a shot of this, give me a shot of that, give me a shot of this. And it's often just a little thick, but just enough real that it fulfills a need and gives you just a little of what you need, the feel you need, okay? That could be a social media thing. That could be pornography. That could be something like one of those things. And it fills a little gap in your mind very temporarily. But then it brings you down the cycle to say, I'm guilty. You feel guilty because you know you shouldn't be doing what you're doing at all or as much as you do, or when you do, or how you do it, but you go back. And that's the slide, downward, downward, downward. So who comes out? Many have fallen down. Few have returned to the sunlit lands. All right? So there is an incredible pull from the world today, an incredible pull. And down in the bottom, of this pit, they go by creatures. 
as they're walking. Now, there's some that are in the book that were not in the movie. They, you remember who was asleep? They saw a great big thing asleep. It was a giant. Who was it? Father Time. Just a minute, we'll get back to that. There were other creatures that were asleep, dragons and all sorts of little things as they went down through sections of it. Why are they asleep? Because they have fallen to a place where they have been lulled into sleep. They have lost their sharpness. They have lost their sober-mindedness and their vigilance. And they are kind of lulled into sleep. And why does Satan want you there? Let's reel back. Why does the queen, this this great lady of the green kirtle, this queen, why does she want them sleeping down there? Because she can keep them down there. She can keep them down there. And what's her main goal? In the end, she's trying to break through and take over. And as many as she can keep asleep while she's doing it, the better. As many Christians as will not be sober and not be vigilant for their lives, for what they're supposed to be doing, if Satan can keep them asleep in their lives, not learning, not growing, not forging ahead, then when he goes to battle, he doesn't have to worry about them. They're asleep. And why Father Time? Your your Father Time's asleep. So like we're waiting. Yes, he will wake up. But the end of the world will come. So why is he asleep now? I thought Father Time was awake. Isn't that the whole point of Father Time? I think there's something that we could pull out of there. Why is he asleep in her realm? Because she wants to have as much time to get to the surface as she wants, so she's not going to let him control. Okay, there's one really good thought about it. I like that thought. There's even another thing. Once you slip into the deep realm, <coughs> it sucks your time, right? You will find the things that just suck your time and you don't even know that time is passing are oftentimes where we falter, where we fail. Be very sober and vigilant about what you're accomplishing in your life. What do you want to do? When you stand before God someday, what do you want to tell Him? Eh, I was asleep. I didn't care. Or, I didn't know what you wanted me to do. Or, I was waiting. For you to do something for me. What do you think God's response to that would be? I put this in front of you. I gave you this opportunity. I gave you this opportunity. This was here. This was here. This was here. And yes, I had other plans for you. But you didn't even take the first step. 
you wouldn't take that first step. And so you were asleep. You decided to just let it roll right by and time passed by. And you didn't have the power and the opportunity and the adventure and the things that I had for you. Instead, you chose a much less exciting pathway because you just wouldn't do it. You were asleep at the wheel. All right? So Father Time's an important thing. Father Time, if he's awake, he's constantly letting you know that there's only so much time left, right? Because time passes and passes and passes and passes. And if you're aware that time is always moving faster and faster, it seems, as you get older, because you seem to do less and less and less as you can get older and older and older, because you lose energy and you lose uh, power and you lose some of the things physically that you couldn't do, and you have more people in your life, as you get to those places as you're older, you should feel that time is moving. I've got to accomplish this. I don't have much time left. Maybe I've got 10 years left. Maybe I've got five years left. Maybe I've got 20 years left. Have I done all I needed to do? How close are you to being an adult? Five years? Six, seven years? Two years? How close are you ready to taking on the challenges of being an adult? And not only doing that, if God said you had 10 more years tonight in your life, what would you want to accomplish for him in those next 10 years? What would you want to do for him? Are you on that track already? Or are you not even thinking about that? Be ready, all right? So, finding my spot here. and So that's a clue of be careful. Now, let me go to page 154. You guys turn to 1 John chapter 2, verse number 17. And I'm going to read a short excerpt here. First John chapter two verse seventeen. All right. This is important. Also, they get in the boat. They go down through the realm, the dark realm. They go past the creatures. They finally get in the water, and they're headed in the boat. Presently, they were given food, flat, flabby cakes of some sort, which had hardly any taste. And after that, they gradually fell asleep. But when they awoke, everything was just the same. The gnomes still rowing, the ship still gliding on, still dead blackness ahead. How often they awoke and slept and ate and slept again, none of them could ever remember. And the worst thing about it was that you began to feel as if you had always lived on that ship, in that darkness, and to wonder whether sun and blue skies and wind and birds had not been only a dream. Sin, especially sin that you battle with, or sin that's a habit for you, sin that you've grown up doing and haven't even realized, okay? 
Those types of thin, sins bring you off into this place. They make you feel like you're black in a black, dark place. It constantly feeds you this nothingness, this tasteless thing, and you're constantly in and out of consciousness. After a while, when you get to this place where you get into a deep depression or a deep uh, temptation where you are struggling with being addicted to something, it is like that in your life where you're like in and out, you don't know the kind of time that's passed, you're just not aware of anything and it seems like it's never, you've never lived any other way. And that's why so many people when they get into something like drugs, they end up overdosing, right? They end up getting into that cycle and cycle and cycle and cycle and they cannot see a way out and they cannot see and everything seems darkness seems like darkness, and if they don't know the Lord, there's no light. There's no hope. So why bother? You see what a tool that is for Satan? Because if God gets a hold of them, what's he going to do to them? Lighten the place up, brighten the place up, give them opportunity, do things with them, challenge them, push them, bring them to new places and learn and grow. And if Satan gets a hold of them, he lulls them to sleep. Not physical sleep. Although it could be, I guess. Much more spiritual sleep where you just don't know the time has passed and it doesn't matter anymore. Nothing even matters. It all just passes by. You see, the scariness of this realm is not so much that they have to defeat a great foe, but that they themselves are sucked in as they go. And they lost control. They don't know where they're headed. But as the friends of Prince Rillian, they are trying on this mission to find a prince, and they are doing what God has asked them to do. It takes you to a place you don't want to be at. A scary place you don't want to be at. But that is the point. Verse John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. All right? All of the things you have in this world, all the things that draw us, that we think are so great in this world, will all pass away. What do they say you can take with you to heaven? Nothing. Nothing but your rewards that you earned, right? Nothing but the works that you did, and even that, we don't, we don't, earn them because we did such a great thing. We earn them and God gives it to us as a gift. That's the only reason. Because we didn't earn our spot in heaven anyways. Right? But God says, I'm going to give you a gift because you did that. We take nothing with us. 
Nothing's a guarantee. So what do you think we should focus on? Focus on what God has put in front of us. Focus on important things. Focus on first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in your life. And everything else is added to you. God says, I give you all that stuff. I make sure you have what you need. I make sure you have more than you need. I give you special gifts, things that only you, secret things that only you knew about that were so desired by you. And if you walk a path with me, I give you those things, those wonderful secret little gifts that fulfill you, that make you happy in life, that bring you joy. From relationships to little gifts to things you might even own. Where God says, I gave you that because I love you. And so, when he does that, we have to learn from him, be thankful, and do the things we ought to do. All right? And let all of the things of the world just pass away. Those things will come and they will go. They will go. Nothing's a guarantee in this life. Right? Nothing's a guarantee in this life. As far as owning certain things and living a certain way and doing things like that. Nothing's that guaranteed. But God gives you the one steady thing you can look at forever. And regardless of whether they're falling down a pit or wherever they are, at home in their little wigwam, okay, in, in Puddle Glove's wigwam, where he feels the most happy to be, maybe, right? Although he's Puddle Glum. Regardless of where they are on their track and their journey, if they have God with them, there's nothing that can keep them away from Him. Right? They can take anything from you in this life. Not Him. So, we finally get down we see the city open up as they come. There's an actual underground city because they're very busy being organized and doing things and all of these little gnomes keep working and working and working and it says they, it's like they're walking around doing nothing. But they're always busy. Beware of just being busy in your life. Make sure your life has purpose, not just busyness. Okay, you can fill your life with a million things there is not virtue in busyness. There's virtue in purpose. Right? And she has been watching, this queen has had this black knight, and she's been watching him and grooming him and preparing him all along. She's been preparing him to be ready. She brings him in. She creates a nice lit room, lit by her light. Food, drink, warmth at the core of her city for this night, this black night. She creates a place where he feels somewhat comfortable. He's got some of the creature comforts in life. Meanwhile, she has twisted his thought. She has prepared him to think and think well of her only and not of anybody else. In fact, when Jill says something about him, 
about the lady, or Eustace says something, he defends her to the death. Oh, you were the black knight who never spoke, exclaimed Jill, and that was the lady, or, and was that lady the queen of the Underland, asked Puddleglum, in no very friendly voice. And Scrub, who was thinking the same, burst out, because if it was, I think she was jolly mean to send us off to a castle of giants who intended to eat us. What harm had we ever done to her? I should like to know. How, said the Black Knight with a frown, if you were not so young a warrior, boy, you and I must have a fight to the death on this quarrel. I can hear no words against my lady's honor, but of this you may be assured, that whatever she said to you, she said of good intent. You do not know her. She is a nosegay of all virtues as truth and mercy, constancy, gentleness, courage, and the rest. I say what I know, her kindness to me alone, who can in no way reward her, would make an admirable history. But you shall know and love her hereafter. Meanwhile, what is your errand in the deep lands? Before Puddleglum could stop her, Jill blurted out, We're trying to find Prince Rillian of Narnia. And then she realized what a frightful risk she'd taken. These people might be enemies. But the knight showed no interest. So she has taken him in his mind and helped him to forget who he was. He doesn't even remember he is Prince Rillian. He is so deep in her power. He has been so twisted by her thought that he does not know a way out. In fact, he is standing there willingly saying, she's helped me do things. And that is so often where we go as we fall into a deep sin. Where we go when we have an addiction. We defend things that don't make sense defending. And when they questioned who the, that this lady did anything good and sent them to the castle of the giants to be eaten, he would have none of it. You're not going to tell me she didn't have all the best intentions for you. So beware as this darkness and temptation can grab us and push us to a place where we've not been. When we fall, get back up and get out. As soon as you can. As quickly as you can. Ask for forgiveness, get back up, and move on. Any other way will bring you deeper. And it's harder to battle out. Depression is like this. It will continue and continue and continue to bring you down. All right? It will take you to a place where you can think nothing good of yourself. Right? And oftentimes what these are is disguised. These sins are disguised. What they are in the core of them is selfishness, 
or lust. There is not much more than that. Okay, it comes down to the core of those basic sins within us. It works out in us as some habit or some uh, attitude that we have or some addiction that we have or whatever, but it goes to the core of the choices we make about ourselves and about others and what God has done within us. Alright? And so we've gone down into the slide of the deep realm and we've fallen asleep and we don't know how long we've been there and we've been into this place and we finally met this character who has been so twisted in his thought he sees no way out. In fact, he doesn't want to see a way out. He thinks he's in the best place for him. Alright? But he's under a spell. He is twisted in his thought because he is under a spell. Right? Her spell. She has worked through his mind, his soul, his spirit to take him over. And next week we will see as the great battle happens, right? What happens and where he goes, and we will see the silver chair.